go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. But going to Mars should be uh, one of the next series of steps that humans do. The first step should be going back to the moon for a number of technical uh, reasons. I therefore ask the Congress, above and beyond the increases I have earlier requested for space activities, to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals. First, I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. There's all kinds of uh, targets to go to places of interest in our solar system. The, the only limit to human future is in our own imaginations. Welcome to the Weekly Weirdo Podcast. I'm your host, Weirdo, and this is something we need to get weird about. Introducing my friend Brad. Say hello, Brad. Hello, Brad. There's Brad. I'm Brad. He's just going to be basically a second, technically second, but you know what I mean by saying third party. Um, Jesus, Brad. Uh, third, third party uh, to this witness occasion. You know, um, Brad, most of his life, leading the mood landing or whatever he did. Tell me what you thought of before uh, you met me, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much what everyone believes about space and mo the moon in general and stuff. Uh, always, like, imagine, like, you know, being an astronaut, going, walking on the moon and jumping all around, having fun and stuff. And, yeah, that's all fake. Like, literally, just, like, l look at the moon. Like... It, it's weird, man. Weird yeah, and, and uh, Brad's a Brad's a real hippy dippy type, you know. Especially Chaw, before, Chaw, dude. He's a real hippy dippy type, and uh, you know, so uh, especially his parents were also the same kind of right. They just kind of listen to whatever, whenever. Regardless, let's get back into what I'm talking about: the moon landing, the moon madness. That's what this episode called episode two, moon madness. So. You guys all, you know, not all of you, a lot of people who, like, uh, follow me and stuff like that already don't believe in the moon landing, so holler. But um, it's, uh, but for most mass media people, they believe in the moon landing just because they haven't really thought about it, and it's already so pre-programmed into you already that it's improv. You know, it's, it's not something you're going to think about until you have hard evidence or a bunch of evidence or 
whatever it is. And so that's what my hope is today that I'm going to be doing is giving you at least some tidbit of information. I'm going to give you a lot of information, but let's just start off with the foundation of NASA. So most of all space information you know nowadays is from NASA. Actually, pretty much all of it. Because for, before NASA, it was mainly independent studies and everything. Like NASA used to be called A uh, Aeronautics. Um, let me see here. Hold on. The National Advisory Committee for Aeronom non uh, Aeronautics. So it's basically more like rockets. What they, what it used to be was military, completely military based. It was about completely about rockets and just um, basically up the enemies better. Yeah, basically it. They, you know, it was just it was just like uh, aeronautics because they didn't have the concept of space. They didn't think about con the context of space that we know today. And most of the things you know about space, like I said, come from NASA. And so what I'm saying is the origin of NASA was the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. It was mainly military-based until, um, who was it? What was that president? It was Eisenhower. Until Eisenhower came along with the threat of Sputnik the Sputnik crisis is what they called it, you know, Wikipedia or whatever. It was the Russian satellite uh, space probe that they put out in the late 50s uh, called Sputnik 1. <clears throat> and so what their excuse was or whatever thing it was, um, you know, I, I don't know their motivations exactly for that specific time. I know the motivations afterwards after they created it, which I'll get into in a minute. But the initial thing was just to beat the Soviet Union, which is whenever, like, the classic people talk about the moon landing, they're like, we did it, we faked it to, to beat the Russians. That's not even close to the main reason. That we, knew it was, we knew that it was bullshit since the start. Um, in my opinion, we, we you know, not us as Americans, but... Eisenhower and the ranking officials above, they already knew that Russia is faking these things and or isn't that technologically advanced. But it was the age of the Cold War, and so anything to get not go into hot war, I guess, <laughs> you know, hot war, I guess, uh, they're, they're going to try not to do it for one, for two... It was also, it's also just, um, whenever somebody initially makes a fake claim, somebody of that high power, like a, like Putin, or if you want, like, you know, if you want to talk about nowadays, if you don't understand anything about history, Trump and Putin's still the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> it was like, what, Gorbachev at the, at that time? Yeah. No, well, Gorbachev, like, Gorbachev was the 80s. Who was it before that? I think it, I think it was Gorbachev because that was like sixty nine, seventy. Those like it, it was from like the early early sixties to the late seventies. So I assume it was probably the person before. I don't know about it. Doesn't even matter what what that who that person is because it doesn't matter who's in power. Do you guys trust Russia? I don't think so on both sides. Sorry. Um, and so I don't I don't think you trust Russia. And then if you're on the left, you don't trust Trump. And even some sectors of the right don't trust Trump. So what, what it comes down to is who can lie the best? They started a lie, 
and had and they're a country they're an entire country so whenever a leader says something and especially when it's soviet russia if you don't believe it they'll uh kill you you know and so regardless of if it's true or not the people are going to be forced to believe it it's not like america it's soviet russia okay so that means so russia has what three million four million people a lot of millions of people and so now millions and millions of people believe in sputnik one so they believe space past lower earth orbit or past just in their initial thoughts because nobody thought of this they we've all watched the stars we've all looked at the stars they've always we've always since the beginning of time looked at the stars and looked at the constellations and looked at the planets or whatever you want to call them looked at the sun we've all been studying the patterns of that but nobody's physically gone outside of it because of technological issues and nobody still has from what i'm telling you and i'll get to that later and so they first person to do that and go higher than a hot air balloon would be sputnik one okay so america goes we can't let them even if they're lying we know they're lying because it's just, you know, they call it the space race. You all know this. That's the whole thing. There's like three or two or three mainstream media moon conspiracy theory t- things that they point out every single time. If you've looked at, because they've been saying this since it happened, right? You've been you've been hearing people doing calling them conspiracy theorists and talking about it since the beginning of it. But they're always saying the same thing. It's you know we did it the, for their motivation. That it, they did it because Russia did it first, so we had to go and beat them because of it, or whatever. Gotta That's bankrupt the commies, man. <laughs> yeah, well, they bankrupted themselves. That uh, you know, because they completely destroyed. That's a whole different topic, Brad. We'll get into a whole, so- whole socialism. I'm saying that's why we faked it, so they would like waste money on space programs and shit. Okay, I mean, I could. That's that's what the teacher in well, the cellar said. You remember well, it's, that? It's not, that? It's not really like them. They, it's not really them like trying to. They can make any. That was that is one of the excuses, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why is just to drain f- you know fifty million dollars yeah. a day from us. Yeah, no the same thing for Russians trying to drain money from their people. So yes, you pay us so we go to space. Listen, we go to space so we can take you to space. So you're no longer in Mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. I want to kind of jump forward because I got a lot of things to talk about, and this episode is going to be a little longer, um, and and everything. But uh, yeah, so Spugnet one comes by, and so they realize, oh shit! Even if they're lying or not, millions of people believe them, and we have to, we have to, we can't be. We can't appear weak. We can't appear weak. We can't be the technological dwarfs. Oh, look at stupid Americans! They don't even have space program. They don't even know what space is. <laughs> no, but, it, you know. And shout out to my, I got got one guy on my Instagram who's a, he's a Russian guy. Shout out to that boy. I know I know he likes all my stuff and everything. I'm sure he speaks English, but, you know. I, he, he, spe- he speaks, I'm pretty sure he speaks English. He speaks English to me before. Um, shout out to you. I don't remember your name. It's like starts with a V-S-O something. So shout out to you, man. Um... But he already knows it's fake. Most Russians nowadays and most, most other countries know it's not a real thing. Because the only other country that's really investing in uh, space programs is China, Israel, and us. Um, 
and I shouldn't have to explain that. It, Israel basically, you know, is has a foothold in America, and China is just China. Especially nowadays with, you know, the whole Hong Kong bullshit. I don't know what the fuck. Don't ask me, dude. I just know that China is China. And it's been China. 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 It's been China since the start. And so you can't expect much except for what China usually does. And that's right in king with what China usually does. The whole Hong Kong thing. You know, so whatever. Um, but regardless, Sputnik, what comes out, we have to lie to them. Okay, so that what what it happens? Okay, I explained my first episode about Operation Paperclip, and I told you I'd get more into it, like I am doing right now. That's what we're doing. The first thing we're doing, moon landing things. And so, if you already watched the first episode, I know a lot of people uh, probably did it. Some people did. Whatever. Thank you if you did. But it starts off with somebody called Werner von Braun, and like I said, Dwight E. Eisen E. Heisen, Eisenhower was one of the starters, and obviously um, headed by, it says, Guyford Stever, um, and NASA director Hugh Didrin. Um, it just kind of like, because they had to get money, and they had to, to make a new agency, because it's basically forming a new agency out of an old to transfer the motivations because the a the NACA National Air Air National fucking what is it called the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics going from a purely military based to space space, space, space yeah space exploration um, you got to convince Congress and everybody because not only did they want to change it over, they needed more money. They need more money to get new advances so we can go to the moon and get satellites out there. And like the commies did, we got to get satellites or blah, blah, blah out there. And so it passed through. And especially it passed through. And so it cre- created NASA. And this was the same time, same time that uh, Operation Paperclip came into effect. And so Operation Paperclip, if you don't know, was a uh, operation, a secret operation from the U.S. government. Whenever World War II ended, they took the most prominent, most uh, s- the smartest, the most acclaimed na- uh, Nazi scientists from Nazi Germany and the Nazi forces and brought them over to America so they could work on our programs like the Manhattan Project, NASA, which, who is that? That is Werner von Braun. He was a Nazi general for the Nazis, for Adolf Hitler. He was one of the top-ranking scientists there. He is basically the top-ranking scientist for Nazis. Um, he was brought over, and in the help with Eisenhower to get the funding and things like that, they formed something called NASA out of the NACA. Okay, and so then it was NASA now is the forefront of aeronautics or anything in the air, any any space air thing used to be about planes and 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 things like that. Now they want to break through. They want to they want to go past the low Earth orbit, past the Van Allen belt, past everything to go to the moon. For what reason? 
just to do it. Who knows? They just want to go all oh, exploration. And you're in you thinking to yourself, well, it's like Lewis and Clark, you know? They got to go out. Or it's like Columbus going and sailing the sea, even though we hate Columbus, I guess. So we, we got to sail the seas as the explorer. And we got we to gotta get more and do more. I understand that. That's great. Um, but spending, spending, you know, back then it was basically it was it wasn't equivalent it was less than nowadays and which also makes it more ridiculous which i'll tell you even later okay i'm teasing stuff but i'm getting there okay i'm a slow i'm a slow builder i want to show you the build up of what created nasa so it was created by Werner von braun dwight eisenhower and uh several of our top scientists you know and what happened funded and started nasa a Nazi was the head of it, okay? And within 10 years, we have a new, a new person in office. We got um, from Eisenhower, what was it, Truman? Yeah. Truman came about, started the atomic bomb, coincidentally, whenever the Manhattan Project and the paperclip came out. Hmm. Just look up those things. They're, they're, they're forced to be, with the Freedom of Information Act, to be out there, even though it's redacted in a lot of black marks. You got the basic information of there was an operation to take Nazis from there, from there to here. And they'll make sugarcoat or whatever on Wikipedia, but it's still there. Okay, you don't, you don't even have to read between the lines. It's what happened. Okay, so just look it up if you doubt me or send me a message. I don't care. Uh, you know. And so, and then after Truman and the whole atomic bomb crisis, um, then came I or uh, JFK, who basically forefronted, and which you I am I'm gonna put a little sample in the beginning intro there. Uh, you already heard it if I did. If I didn't, then just go look up the speech for yourself. I'm pretty sure I put it in the front, so it doesn't matter. I do it afterwards. It's called post-production. Get with it. Um, and so um, then it started with JFK, and he was the one who basically forefronted and kick-started all the funding for NASA and get that thing going. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, I want to make sure you know this, um, keep in mind, the pre-programming already started. You didn't watch movies. I mean, there wasn't really movies past, like, the 30s. You know, they were started in the, like, late 20, 1920s and the 1930s, whenever the first colored staff came out with Wizard of Oz, et cetera, et cetera. But as soon as the 50s came out, the 40s, and the, not even the 40s, really, the 50s came out, you started seeing alien movies and spaceship movies and space movies and eventually the Space Odyssey from uh, Stanley Kubrick and just space after movie after space movie. And it's intriguing for the normal viewer, especially back in those days when the graphics didn't have to be that great and people weren't used to something that great. You know, they could, the, the suspension of disbelief could be so much easier back then. I talked about this last episode with the, you know, movies and whatever. You got it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. If you get it, you get it. But it started the, it, it intrigues people because that was brand new. And so people loved it. Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, you know, you got to use the force, Luke. We can, we need the space force or whatever. Uh, yeah. 
okay? It's Star Wars. It's a space war. It's a Star Wars. It's a Death Star. Luke, use the Force. Use the Space Force to get the Space Wars and get on space territory so you can get... It's, it's all out of a movie. Um, and so I started off with that. And right when did, when did the Space Odyssey come out, Brad? 68, right before the moon landing. And there's a reason why people say Stanley Kubrick helped with the moon landing. It's because he did. He's good at it. Because he's like the best, he was one of the best cinematographers and directors and movie makers of the like, time. Say, say that you were going to fake a moon landing. You just saw a space odyssey in theaters. Hmm, why wouldn't you hire that guy? Right. And don't to mention, like I said, not to mention, like I said, last episode. I said the last episode, you know. Hey guys, I said it. Uh, no, but I said it last episode. That uh, Warner Von Braun and Walt Disney's, Walt Disney's, you know, a bunch of Disney's, not just one. <laughs> Walt Disney was hanging out all the time with Warner Von Braun. They were like best friends. They, like, there is over four pictures, okay? You're like, that's that doesn't seem like a lot, but for a unknown space engineer type of person to be hanging out with just some cartoonist like what why are they hanging out so much this dude was in nazi germany like and uh and you're like well yeah walt disney was an anti-semite historically it's like okay so that goes back to the plausibility of them being together as friends right correct okay so we established that they were friends walt disney the pioneer of movie magic in the magic magic kingdom magic kingdom that has a symbol of a dome where the tower is going past the dome symbolizing going past the van allen radiation belt what they say that it is or going past the firmament if you believe it's flat earth or whatever it is symbolizing that them going past that okay um and so not only that so it started by warner von braun which look it up on his tombstone, Psalms 19, and I'll and I quote you from the Bible. That the only thing on his tombstone, the literal only thing on his tombstone, is Psalms 19 from the Bible, and it says, "The heavens declare the glory of God; the firmament soweth his handiwork." And we know what the firmament is. You know who believes in firmament? Flat Earth people. Okay, well, I'm not saying I believe in flat earth. You're like, you're a flat earther or whatever. I don't know, but I know that the moon landing was fake, and that's why I'm doing an episode on it, because I can, I've started from the, start, from the top, okay, just to prove my point. And so on his casket, on his grave, the only thing that's on him, except for his name, birth date, death date, is Psalms 19. And he wasn't a Christian. You think Werner von Braun, the Nazi, was a Christian? Hmm. Just think about that for a second. Moment of silence. Okay? And now, not only that, so the owner, so the start of it, just, just the beginning of it, and the beginning of everything that you think of space, the main source of information you have on space, because we didn't talk about space before then. Did we, did we have a bunch of, in the 1930s, were we all about, 
Were we all about going into space? Did we think about any, about the stars other than astrology or the constellations? Did we think about going past and going to the moon? We can go to the moon. Did we think that was a thing? No. You think that, that you, some one day some guy just woke up? You think, you think all throughout the 17, 16, 15, 14, to that, the, the early 18, to the, all the way to the early 1900s, you think we thought about that at all other than observing them? No, because the further back you go, uh, people believed it was flat. And then people after Copernicus believed it was round, okay? And then that made space plausible. But somebody like even Isaac Newton believed it was an ether. And so there wasn't a concept of space in the modern space until NASA was formed. And so everything that you think of that you're like, well, what about that's NASA? Don't pretend yourself. Don't kid yourself, boy. Okay? Everything that you know of space is based off of NASA. NASA and China and Russia. Um, and if you believe Russia or Chinese governments, um, you haven't been listening well enough to your propaganda. Um, you haven't listened. You haven't listened good enough to Russia collusion or um, you know Hong Kong. You haven't listened enough. All right. Uh, you haven't been pre-programmed enough to 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 hate those countries and think that they're they're evil or whatever. Okay. So if you trust those governments. Congratulations, bye-bye. If you try, you know, whatever. And you don't, you don't. The, the thing is, is that I'm talking to nobody because nobody does in America. They, what they trust is, and at this point, nobody really trusts anything. But um, back then, they did. And I'll go back to even more of a point, you know, the whole George Orwell World of Wars thing, World of Wars thing or whatever. Where they had, he did the radio broadcast and people freaked the fuck out because they thought it was an alien invasion or whatever. After only being programmed for like 10 years about space stuff, because that was the most prominent, like, and, and that's all it is nowadays either. Like before then it was about like family and like the Indians with, with John Wayne. It was about like family, Indians. There wasn't a bunch of space movies until like the late 40s and 50s uh leading up 60s leading up to the moon landing and so then they did a test for george orwell going hey let's see let's see if this you know let's just do a story out here whether intentional or not people freaked out and believed it and started started going crazy and that's what and that's when they knew they were onto something, and they could make people believe it because we were a high trust society back then. There wasn't people trusted the news source. You got the newspaper that was real. You trusted it. When TV started, even though it's tell a vision, tell lie vision, pro to go on your tele tell lie vision program programming you before. Even people understood that or anything, or people don't understand that nowadays either. But before people, uh, you know, got used to lies from news and stuff, they they believed whatever. And so whenever a newscaster is saying there is a world of war, world of war, and world of war, whatever the fuck, 
Um, and there's aliens invading, people freaked out and turned into a crisis situation. Now, I will say the whole, you know, anytime you tell a story, a lot of times it becomes exaggerated in any facet. So, obviously, not that many people, not that many people went and freaked out. But it was just a test and it was an example of what they could do. So they're testing the boundaries. That's what they do. They test boundaries. That's what do you what do you think a, a test a scientific test is? They test something. They test something and and they get make sure hey, it works and it's something that we should spend money on. So they tested it back then, got you prepared for it, and then and they also have to like, you know, test you and, and like build you up to make sure you uh Make sure they get money to pay for it, because it's not cheap uh, to pretend to fake any to you know to get rockets and even if it's real to pretend to get rockets and spaceships and, and thousands of gallons of fuel. It's not cheap, okay. And so they're gonna have to sit there and convince you and pre-program you to to give them your money to fund it. Okay, and so they do all this pre-programming, get you to it. So let's get to the meat of the bones. Let's get to the let's get to the heart of the issue. Okay, the moon landing itself. Okay, so after all this pre-programming and build-up for it, JFK being like, "We're gonna do it this decade. We're gonna do it this time. Whenever I'm still president, whatever." Okay, and so it's the day of. They've been building it up, showing you that we've been, you know, we we give them all the money. We give them all the money. We give them all the praise. We have to beat Russia. We got to beat the Cold War. Okay? Um, we got to beat it. Um, and so we got to make sure uh, that it goes well. Okay, so what happens is, so they start off the moon landing. Let's just go, and I'm just going to I'm just gonna kind of skip forward because I've been talking for quite a while. I'm going to uh, skip forward to the moon landing because we've been talking for quite a while. Um, so... The first claim they did is that um, those spacesuits work. So look at those spacesuits. What are they made of? What are they made of? Let me. I can look this up real quick. Um, you know that. What are they made of? They're they're made of what? Are they made of cloth? What are they made of? What are they made of? You know they're made they're made of what? Oh, they're supernatural, extra special equipment. To seal it off. And so, within a vacuum, within space, there has to be not a single point of origin. A single, a single little hole, a single little, a little decompression, a little anything. Okay. My, my friend Brad, uh, it's consisted of urethane-coated nylon. So, like the nylon string, um, urethane. Um, so what's urethane? That's like a fleshy type substance. It's, it's a, in a restraining layer of Decron and an outer thermal garment composed of neoprene coated nylon. Has five layers of aluminized mylar and a fabric surface layered carb composed of Teflon, Kevlar, and Nomex. So Kevlar, so it's got, it's got fleshy material. It's got Kevlar like a bulletproof vest nylon like string that's all nice and good okay but really honestly i'm kind of getting off the point because it doesn't matter about the material itself i mean opposed from aside from the radiation because the moon has six times less gravity and 
what they say, and six times less, less of an atmosphere, so that means six times as much radiation. And so let's just say, theoretically, that those, those I gave you exactly what the, what the things were. Let's say those materials can block out radiation. Okay, fine. Okay. But can they seal off well enough for a vacuum? Because there isn't really an atmosphere on the moon. There's six times less gravity. There's not really an atmosphere. So that their excuse is that the moon has a bunch of craters because a bunch of things keep hitting it because it doesn't have an atmosphere. So let's just not let's just ignore the fact that how is there no they didn't get hit. How long were they in the spacecraft to get to the moon? A couple months. Yeah, something like that, two or three. A couple months. Um, so within a couple months, they didn't get hit once or even had a threat of a asteroid or you know there, there's all the time in the van Allen belt especially they say they only went through it for 50 minutes because they went to the trajectory their excuse is that you know people will be like well they can't literally without like five feet of lead they can't get past the van allen ra- radiation belt and they would just fry in general and they'll be like well no it's really just about time exposed okay so they were there for an hour they were in the radiation belts for an hour and not only is it radiation belts you forget that they teach you that it's a entire orbital section of asteroid after asteroid and meteor just caught that's is small enough that that got caught up in the van allen radio belt and got caught up and is small enough that it keeps going round and round you're like well they all disintegrate or whatever okay so they can disintegrate but it's not going to disintegrate disintegrate the spaceship well, yeah, because they were only in there for an hour. Okay, well, say they get past the Van Allen radi- radiation belt, and they're outside of, outside of, there's not, it's not even the moon. It's not even less than six-time gravity. It's literally no gravity. It's literally space. And so at any point in time, any asteroid ever, or any star, or whatever it is, can come and collide with you at any point in time, right? Okay, so, in mo- so just assuming the fact that everything went absolutely perfect, they got Perfectly through that Van Allen radio bay. They were well prepared. They have Kevlar vests on because bulletproof matters. That, like, you know, heavy, thick, it really matters. Any of that matters. You know, also they say the space is colder than the coldest temperature on, in a desert or whatever whenever it gets cold. So it's, it's below freezing temperatures all the time. It's extremely cold. And so it doesn't freeze the equipment. It doesn't radiate the equipment. It doesn't heat the equipment on the uh, going through the atmosphere at like a thousand million miles miles per hour to get through the atmosphere. It takes a lot, so going through that, the heat doesn't affect it, and then the radi- the radiation doesn't affect it, and then the cold doesn't affect it, and then after months of going through that and not getting hit by an asteroid or anything, they magically perfectly land on the on the moon, and. I can show you videos, but you just have to do it for yourself. I'm not here to, you know, baby you. I'm already kind of babying you by starting from the start. So I'm not going to baby you. They, you know, what, what Buzz Aldrin claims is that Neil was directing it. They had to manually do it because there was some malfunction or something that they got turned upside down. And so they had to turn, they give coordinates to the uh, home base so they can put in the right coordinates to make them upright again and but he did it all just looking out the window and saying okay a little bit to the left a little bit to the right you know go down a little bit this is shit that they're claiming 
I'm not just making this shit up. Okay, that like he said that I we were having a problem on our landing portion. Like that's the thing. Whenever you look at liars and they they have to make up stories or whatever, they get told a story. And if they go any any point in the time go off the cuff, they got they have to answer what they're thinking. It's the devil's in the details. So, you know, in his in his words, he had to look out and direct Neil because they had to manually land. I literally just looked this up today to reaffirm. I didn't, you know, I did research today. I've done research for a long time, but I re refreshed my research today and looked at a lot of interviews and a lot of, uh, you know, interviews from NASA scientists and blah, 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 um, to get the story straight and even give it a chance, even though I know it's wrong. Um, and so what they said, what he said is that he had to manually, because they had a problem and didn't know, they were going too fast to land. They were going too fast. They were going too fast. And so they had to, and they were upside down because, it, because, the, because the, the, the thing was whatever. Um, so what happened was they, uh, they, they uh, um, he said it was, he manually did, manually did it and manually looked at the window and, and trajectory or whatever. I'm still getting on to too many details, but I have all of these details. So take it or leave it. Um, and so they say after all that that they got through the heat of going through it. They're going thousands and thousands of mile an, miles an hour. And to get past the atmosphere, yeah, to get past the atmosphere, they literally you know, have to go several Gs, uh, almost more. I have to do the specific research, and that's where people like that's where people complain about where they're like, well, technically it was four instead of two miles per hour. Like, shut up. Um, so I'm not going to be you know I'll, I'll admit I don't know the specific thing, but I know that it's over. It's it's evil either equal or over, and you're like, well, that's why they do the training and they do the centrifugal training at the NASA base or whatever. They have to go even more than fighter jets do. The fighter jets, fighter jets, and people do like you know five, five Gs of force or whatever. They do the same training. You think they don't? You think they don't go through that training? It's all, it's all bullshit. They go through the same training for that. But guess what? They're only saying that because they know they have to go so fucking fast to get up there that it'll fucking melt some skulls off of anybody's faces that go that fucking fast. Even if they make it completely pressurized in the cabin, it's not how it works. Okay, but regardless of that, so regardless of that, regardless of the heat through the atmosphere, regardless of the radiation that you have to get through, even though it's only 50 minutes, it's still a fucking hour in radiation, and nobody got cancer, everybody's fine, okay? Mm. And then you have to go through the cold depths of space that didn't freeze anything. Okay, and then you land on the moon perfectly after you have to do it manually. Um, we can go, and that's the whole thing with the, also the moon landing. Like I said, it was like three things. Oh, uh, we did it because of uh, Russia. Uh, oh, uh, the, the, the flag was moving. It's like, uh, for one, yes, that is true. And you can go through the whole Mythbusters and be like, well, technically it was just the motion of his hand putting it down. Shut up. Okay, because in a vacuum that small, it does. It's not how it works. Okay, you can be like, you can disagree on those little tiny points if you want to, but I'm giving you a lot of evidence from the start to the finish, and I'm gonna keep giving you more evidence because I got a little more to say. Okay, so regardless of that, um, you know, 
they okay so they land down one small step for man one giant leap for mankind and it's pretty chilling i'm actually you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna give a section because this is important i'm gonna give a section for the nixon speech to to because what happened they did they did a little jump around they got a buggy on the moon they planted a flag like it's just some fucking fun fun technological game hey it, it's just like a video game we'll just go on get it on a buggy we'll we'll go around we'll We'll collect, we'll collect a couple rocks. We'll fucking do a couple jumping jacks on the moon. It'll be fun. You know, like it's a video game. Like Elon Musk sending a Tesla into the air, into the space. And we can get on that later. I can go into, go into depths about that or whatever. But Elon is literally just, you know, a governmentally subsidized way for them to privatize NASA so they can make it a corporation it, it, it's more money it's just more money regardless i'm not gonna get into that right now um but the phone call from nixon for one i can go like five miles away into like a, a valley in a in on earth and not get service okay and you're like well they had there was the government. They had mil, they had like lots of money to do things and stuff like that. Um, they brag about only having about literally only having uh, a couple bytes, not even kilobytes, not even megabytes, a couple bytes of software data. Back then, to have a computer, it would take an entire server room. So if you think that technology goes in reverse, your brain is going in reverse. Okay? Your brain is literally going in reverse. Oh my god, you're going in the past. You're becoming a Neanderthal, which I'll go into whatever about that too. Blah. Okay? But it doesn't work. Technology doesn't work that way. Okay? And so what they claim is that they could make a live phone call and a live television broadcast. You, it's hard enough to make a full live broadcast. It takes a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of people to make a live broadcast from New York to, to, to the Internet for like a live show, like a live stream. And there's a lot of fuck-ups on the, the entire time. People fuck up the words. There's a lot of technical difficulties every single time. Presidential debates every single time. Okay, sometimes it goes smooth, but most of the time there's at least something that is not supposed to be like how it is. Okay, it's a live thing. Okay, so what they're claiming is that they can have a live broadcast from the moon. A live video and phone call from the moon. And right now I'm gonna give uh I'm gonna give you guys uh I'm gonna I'm gonna play the clip of Nixon talking right now. Okay, I'm gonna play you the, the phone call and I'm gonna get into context of why it's fucked up, and it's really just read between the lines bullshit. So, here you go. The importance coming up here. Uh, Neil and Buzz, uh, the President of the United States is in his office now and would like to say a few words to you, over. That would be an honor. Uh, go ahead, Mr. President. This is Houston out. Hello, Neil and Buzz. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. 
And this certainly has to be the most historic telephone call ever made from the White House. I just can't tell you how proud we all are of what you have done. For every American, this has to be the proudest day of our lives. And for people all over the world, I am sure that they too join with Americans in recognizing what an immense feat this is. Because of what you have done, the heavens have become a part of man's world. And as you talk to us from the sea of tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this earth are truly one, one in their pride in what you have done, and one in our prayers that you will return safely to earth. Thank you, Mr. President. It's a great honor and privilege for us to be here representing not only the United States, but and of peace of all nations, and with interest and a curiosity and, and with a vision for the future. Uh, honor for us to be able to participate here today. And thank you very much, and I look forward, all of us look forward to seeing you on the Hornet on Thursday. So that was the phone call between Neil Armstrong and uh, President Nixon, known for Watergate. Real trusted guy who uh, got caught with Watergate, just uh, resigned, basically Resigned, took took a took a helicopter out the place, and never got seen again. Um, like you, you were hearing, he kept repeating one, one, one world together. Uh, Neil was like, all of mankind. We can all get together. We can all agree on this. We can have the one world agree on this. We can, in the sea of tranquility, to make. Uh, let me go back. I want to make sure the exact quotes it says. It was the... Let me, let me look here because it's the, uh, what does it say? To make the heavens uh, become a part of the man's world. Become a, heaven become a part of man's world. And that's really the entire point of this. You know, Mr. Historic Moment. I'm calling you right now from the Oval Office... Just to make sure you know, I'm calling, no, I'm calling you telephone call from the Oval Office while you're at the moon. In case Just, you confuse it for, like, Jimmy's house down the street or something. Yeah, it, it's, what it really is is just to affirm that they're, like, laughing in your face. I'm making a telephone call from the Oval Office to the moon. <laughs> you, these people believe it. Oh, my God. And he's saying that... Now heaven, heaven's once a myth or whatever can now be in the heavens can be a part of the of man's world, that, and that's really the point here is to make your view of space, make your view of the heavens. You know, if you believe in the Bible, the heavens above, the waters below, the firmament, whatever you want to call it, uh, atmosphere, whatever. 
they want to just like I said with the dome over Magical Kingdom in Walt Disney where there's one spire coming up they want to think like the if you know anything about the Tower of Babel Tower of Babylon um, a tower that could reach the heavens it's a time it's a tale as old as time where the ego and the narcissism and the and evil wants to go past the go into heaven while still a man you know not being dead not being saved or whatever like a christian or uh the muslims being submit themselves to god or easy way in they want they want to build their they think they can build their way to heaven make the heavens become a part of the man's world and so they make up these things to destroy the idea of god to destroy the idea of heavens, to just say that we are in and everything that will be, and we can go out there, and there's nothing there. It's just rocks and, and, and empty space. There's nothing there. But we got to keep going back because we need that money. We need that $50 million a day. NASA gets more money now than they did back then, even if you account for inflation, because I know people will be like, well, what if, well it's because of inflation. Now, they make more now than they did back then. And they have still yet to go back to the moon. Because they can't go back to the moon. Because they say they destroy the technology. And I'm going to, in a minute, I'm going to play another clip by one of top NASA employee scientists saying that they can't go back to the moon because they destroyed the technology. And it'd be too hard to rebuild. Something that was run off of bytes. Not kilobytes, not megabytes, bytes. That they used to have to have computers with server rooms as big as a room. It's a server room. It's as big as the fucking room. And it's not Google. They're not handling tons of stuff. It's maybe tens of thousands at most. And they said they destroyed all of the technology. And it's too painful to come back. But they still want to... But the next thing they need to do is go to Mars. And they need to, they need to go to... Uh, they need to go to Mars. That's the next thing. If we can't go back to the moon, we got to go back to Mars. That makes sense, right? So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I know I'm playing a clip back to back, but I'm going to go ahead and play that clip right now. I'd go to the moon in a nanosecond. Uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and it's a painful process to build it back again. But going to Mars should be... Uh, one of the next series of steps that humans do. The first step should be going back to the moon for a number of technical uh, reasons and exploration reasons and then after that Mars, maybe a high orbit in uh, Venus atmosphere, maybe going to Europa. There's all kinds of uh, targets to go to places of interest in our solar system. The, the only limit to human future is in our own imaginations. Now that was a man called Don Pettit. He's one of one of the top NASA astronauts. You can look up a couple videos of him. He sounds like I wouldn't even say autistic. He sounds like he has Down syndrome. Legitimate retardation, and not to be mean. Not like not mean not in a mean way. He legitimately sounds like he has Down syndrome. Um. And if you can't recognize that, you're just like, no, he's just not good at speaking good at public speaking. 
that's not nervous. That's not nervous. I uh, would have gone to do the thing, and I was going to Mama, and Mama was saying that she told me space is cool, but we destroyed that technology. But the next thing we should do is go to Mars. And if you believe that, you're about as retarded as him. Ooh, doesn't that hurt you? He said retard. Well, no, he's, he's, that guy, he sounds like he literally has Down syndrome. And does that make sense to you? Well, I'd go back to the moon in a nanosecond, but we destroy the technology, it's, and it's too painful of a process to bring it back again. But the next step should be going to Mars. And then afterward, well, but of course, we got to do some experiments on the moon first. And then it, it's he's reading a teleprompter, and somebody's taking advantage of somebody mentally handicapped. Okay? And you're like, oh, my God, he's got years of experience. You know, he's just, he's, he's like one of those, he, no, no, man. He's one of those, like, autistic people who are really good with numbers. Um, well, don't, don't put him on camera then. Don't be an asshole for one. For two, no. No. Make your excuse no. None of that made sense. And I'll let you know, you guys ever heard of telemetry data? You know, all the data to, you know, do the calculations and locations of going there and back to the moon. Here's what they first said happened, is that they, uh, let me go, let me, let me, let me check here. I just want to make sure about my notes, you know, because I, I don't, I don't want you guys freaking out on me, you know. They said, like he said, that uh, they destroyed the telemetry data first. And then they said, no, we had to retape over it in the 70s because uh, we had budgetary issues. And so we had to retape over thousands of telemetry data for minor routine uh, experiments and test a technology that they did before. Yeah, like, what's more important than the moon landing? What did you have to record over for? And by the way, $50 million a day, you can't afford, like, a cassette tape or something? What? I mean, they had less back then. Like oh, I, yeah, like yeah. I said, they're, make, they're getting more now with doing literally nothing. Ah, uh, so that's where all the money... Okay, like, they, they don't have money to spare on an extra 8-track or whatever the hell they had in the 60s. Well, uh, you know, there's a new article that came out uh, that they're still using... They're just now f switching over from the floppy disk. To, to store their data. They're switching over from the floppy disk. For, no, it's not for the data. It's for the uh, atomic bomb. They're just now f switching over to the floppy disk for the atomic bomb. These people are liars. They're liars. Like I said yesterday, if they're known to lie, are you going to keep letting your... Are you going to like, yes, yes, you're right, and just let them take over your entire life when all they've done their entire life is lie to you? I don't think so. And so they say they retaped it in the 70s because of budgetary issues. And then recently, nowadays, they said they sold it to an intern for how much? A couple million? Oh, wait. No, it was, I don't even think it was a couple million. You can look it up. I can, I'm going to go back and look it up myself. You should, too. They recently said in some news articles, it was all over mainstream media news articles, that they sold it to an intern. 
They sold the original moon landing tape, the original moon landing film. They sold that. Not the telemetry data, obviously. Not, ooh, whatever. Ooh, you're, oh, you, I gotcha. It wasn't the telemetry data. Yeah, they just sold, they said they destroyed it, and then they said they retaped over it, and they don't have any of it, and there's no evidence of the, of the moon landing. None at all. And they sold they sold the only co- the only copy they don't have any copies of the moon landing film they only have the one copy and the one copy they sold to an intern for a measly amount of money okay uh, like ten years ago they didn't tell anybody until now and nobody figured it out nobody cared it's not a big deal they just sold like the most important film of all time it's like the it's like taking the original film copy of one of the biggest Sp- Steven Spielberg movies like Indiana Jones or something like that. Do you think they're going to give it over a couple mil? You think Steven Spielberg is even going to sell it to you? Are you, re- are you Don Pettit? <laughs> um, no, they're not. It's all lies. And you're going to keep believing it because you un- initially thought the original lie, which is why I'm breaking it down for you. You break this down, and then you break down anything NASA says. They're liars. And you're like, where do I go? What do I do? Don't freak out. People lie. They've been lying for thousands of years. You just believed it because everybody told you to believe it. Don't feel bad about yourself. Don't judge yourself. I believed it for a long time, too. Well, not really a long time. I did. I've never really believed anything. And that goes back to my personality. And you can be like, well, that explains it. This guy doesn't, doesn't believe anything. Of course he's not going to believe the moon landing. Yeah. I don't believe things that I can't prove or things that literally just logically don't make sense especially after a bunch of evidence okay um now let's kind of go into just affirming that they've never taken a picture of the earth they've never once taken a picture you're like well what about they said in total what they've claimed is they've taken two pictures one in 72 and one in 2015. And the one in 72 was called the Blue Marble. And I'm going to give you a quote from the person who created the image. Who is the, they call him, they literally call him Mr. Blue Marble because it was called the Blue Marble image. This is the quote. The last time anyone took a photograph from above low Earth orbit that showed the entire hemisphere was in 1972 during Apollo 17. NASA's Earth Observing System satellites were designed to give a checkup of Earth's health. By 2002, we finally had enough data to make a snapshot of the entire Earth. And so we did. To make a snapshot of the entire Earth. The hard part was creating a flat map of the Earth's surface with four months of satellite data. So they created a flat map. And so they couldn't they couldn't prove because they couldn't go outside Earth low Earth orbit. So if you're not out, outside low Earth orbit, everything's flat. Everything's flat before they're they couldn't measure it. They couldn't do any data behind it because it was still low Earth. No, wait, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, what? Hold on. The last time a photograph from the above low Earth orbit. Wait. Hold on. The last time anyone took a photograph from above low Earth orbit that showed an entire hemisphere was in 1972 during Apollo 17. So. Hmm. Hmm. 
1972, and you'll be like, okay, well, okay, you're reading it wrong, John. You're reading it wrong. They took a photograph in 1972, and then they they... The next thing that they did in 2015 that you were talking about, or 2005 you were talking about, was the blue marble. No, they've only had two. This was from that. This is the blue marble. The blue marble is the first one. The second one is a shittier, grainier. It even looks worse than an artist rendition. I'll tell. I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep checking checking myself for people who aren't gonna believe it anyways. So. They finally had enough data to make a, make a snapshot of the entire Earth, so we did. What they're saying there is that they only had enough data, they only had enough, a picture of one, one hemisphere, okay? Which literally, what they said, they had to take, create a flat map of Earth's surface, okay? So they're only taking one image of one hemisphere on a flat Earth map there is no hemispheres, and so they're literally just taking an, a picture of one half of the entire thing. I'm not saying I'm flat earther. I'm just saying they're saying they created a flat, mer map, a flat earth map. They literally said it. This is on NASA.gov, NASA literally, from the guy who created the blue marble image. They're not fucking retarded. Like, then pay it, Okay. Had enough data to make a snapshot of the entire Earth, so we did. The hard part was creating a flat map of the Earth's surfaces within four months uh, with using satellite data. So the satellite data that they've been talking about, they created a flat map. Reto Stockley, now a Swiss Federal Office of Meteorology and Climatology, did much of that work, okay? And then what they did... Okay, put this together, put this in, the, put this in your brain. Look, put, put it together, start the wheels turning. Then we wrap the flat earth around a ball. So they had, the only satellite data that they had was of a flat map. And now to create their image, they had to wrap their flat map around a ball to fit their system. Okay, did much of the then wrap the flat map around a ball. My part was integrating the surface, clouds, and oceans to match people's expectations of how Earth looks from space. So it's not how it really looks, it's to match people's expectations of how Earth looks from space. So all the clouds, the surface of the Earth, the clouds, and the oceans were all made up to match people's expectations. And it says, that ball became the famous blue marble. And, and a quote from him directly, well, all of this is a direct quote, okay? So don't, don't fucking play me on that. I, this is all a direct quote, okay? Uh, it was, I was happy with it, but had no idea how widespread it would become. We never thought it would become an icon. It was just a thing they put out. I certainly never thought that I would become Mr. Blue Marble. This man is called Mr. Blue Marble because he was tokened with creating it. Not taking a photograph. He's not an astronaut. Okay? He took a photo of it. He didn't... He, no. <laughs> I told... Wow, okay. Ooh, derp. Maybe I am retarded. Um, no. He didn't take a photograph. He created it. Okay? There's never been a photograph of the Earth. Just put that in perspective. And when he, when he was asked, what was the best thing that happened because of 
Goddard, Goddard or whatever. It's it's a it's a it's a small it's a program within NASA. Okay, G O D D A R D. Look it up. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a part of NASA. He's and his quote was: "The summer of 2007, I bought one of the first iPhones. At that time, you had to plug in the iPhone into your computer to set it up. <laughs> you know, back in the day, <laughs> technology sucked, didn't it? Hmm. Um." Literally, the first thing that came up was a screen with the blue marble. My internal dialogue is, I can't believe what I'm seeing. I probably jumped up and down. I was in shock. He was so happy. Okay, so his fake blue mar- marble f- earth image that he was just a little guy. He's just a little, he, he's not, he's just like, he's just like an, he takes da- satellite data and creates things to make an image. He didn't think it was going to be used as literally the photograph. That's the thing. People are like, everybody's in on it. This guy, no. He was just, he, he was. He had a bunch of numbers on the screen. His job was to put a bunch of numbers on the screen and make an image so they could explain what the Earth is like, okay? But what they did is claim that it was the actual picture. And then, iPhone, iPhone from Apple, the bitten Apple. You see the Apple with a bite on it. From iPhone and iPad and iMac. The first thing, as soon as it was out, one of the first i one of the first I bought one of the first iPhones is what he says right here, 2007. I plugged it in, and I was surprised that the blue marble came up as the first screen. That's the default. Why do you think that is? That's not the program you. It's not like it's not like that's the first thing you see whenever you open your phone and they make people addicted to your phone, and so now you look at it every two fucking minutes. And so now that blue marble is the first thing you say every two times. People don't change it because it looks cool. Yeah, they matched people's expectations of how the Earth looks from space. It looks cool, too. All right? And the next one that they talked about, next one, that's 2015 or whatever. Even if I get it backwards, it doesn't fucking matter, guys. It's only two. There's two of them. Okay? We also never went back to the moon. We've never been back since then. We did a couple missions out there, and then that was it. Nobody, not a single country, went back. Nobody has the technology anymore. It's destroyed. It all makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense in your little brain. I'm so condescending, aren't I? (laughs) Uh, No, but it doesn't make sense. Okay? Um, And so what do they do? They put it on the iPhone. They make it a big thing. They throw it at your face like it's the real photograph. It's called just, it's just called wizardry. It's called images. It's called subversion. It's called rhetoric. It's called marketing. It's, that's what marketing is. Whenever you market something, it's to put an image in somebody's brain so they'll buy something. And buying and selling something, whenever you're selling something, you're selling, you can sell yourself, you can sell an image. It doesn't have to be real or fake. You're just selling something. And whenever you buy something, you take it in. It becomes yours. It becomes your mentality. You are buying their lies. They're selling you lies, and you are buying the lies and taking it into your personality, your personal headspace. Like you buy furniture and putting it into your living room space, you buy a lie and put it into your headspace. Okay? These things are called what they're called. Words have meaning. There's a reason why things are called what they're called. Okay, so they put that there. They put your image in the head for after the fact, so you don't, you know... Um, also, uh, they came back with something called, like, a moon rock. They came back with moon rocks. Um, do you know what a, you know what happened whenever they tested those moon rocks when, that they gave to Sweden or Norway? I believe it was, I 
believe it was in Norway. Um, it was all it was petrified wood. Every one of the space rocks that they brought back and gave to anybody as gifts or had, it's all made out of man earth made material. Every single one of them. So that that you know that isn't found on the moon. So I'll just throw that out there. I'm throwing a bunch of things at you because I got a lot of evidence. It's not hard. Like I said, let alone get past the radiation belts. Okay? Now I'm getting on the end of my rope. And you say at the very end you want to go, why? Why would they do something that? Why would they fake it? What's the motivation? What's the purpose? $50 million a day of your tax dollars for nothing but a lie. They All they have to do is literally just make up shit out of their head whenever they feel like it. And they know you'll believe it because you believed the first big thing. The bigger the lie is, the more people believe it. You know, and the more people you tell, the more more statistically there's going to be a couple dummies to believe it. And the more the dummies believe it, then you can slowly influence by shame tactics everybody else to make them seem like, well, the dumb dummies are going to be like, well, you're too stupid. No, you're stupid. And then it becomes, no, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. And then everybody's stupid. And everybody becomes dumb and children. Right? Okay, so $50 million a day. That's not enough for you. What about warping your entire view of the world? Is that not, not enough? So $50 million a day, and now they control your entire thoughts, if anything, external. Alien. That's why, oh, they, they pump out 24-7. Ancient aliens. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. No, but, man, that's totally, like, a plausible... No, man, like, there's ancient... They're using... Because there was ancient wonders of the world, like the pyramids and things like that, and there is stories like Book of Enoch and blah, blah, blah of the Anunnaki. I'm not retarded. I've heard these theories, okay? It's all bullshit. It's just to push because all of that requires space. Every one of that requires going to the—that requires the moon landing. That requires space to have aliens, and if they if it's not external and it's not out in space, then aliens seem to speak and talk and act a lot like demons, don't they? If if it's not external, it's not in space, and it's not ET touching the little boy, all right? Then it seems a lot like uh, demons. Um, and the way power works is if they can openly get you to consent to a lie and lie to your face, they don't respect you, and they treat you like an animal and treat you like they can keep doing it again and again. That's what they've been doing. They lied to you with a big lie in the first place. You kept believing it because we were a high-trust society and there was new forms of programming called television. Radio wasn't that big. Book, It started off with books, you know, but it's like you have to really invest time in books, and people can. It's it's harder to trick people with books. Then they went into radio, got easier. They did the entire test of George Orwell's uh, alien attack. They're like, okay, this works. And then they created television to make visuals behind it. And then they can make your and they can make you dream. They can make you dream about space, even though you've never been there. You can dream an entire dream about being in space and fighting aliens that you've never been there, and you've been watching it all day on television too. And so you watch it on television all day. You sleep about it. You're basically in space for years. 
And there's people who are still in space. They watch Star Wars and Star Trek and Star Boy and Star World, Star Starcraft and uh, World of Warcraft. Okay, they re there's a reason why the only thing you get is um, let me see here. Let's let's go back here. All you get is space, Fallout, and Cyberpunk. You get space, a false equivalent of what what they believe is external. You get Fallout, a fake. I can get in. I'll get into that next episode. Why not? Of nuclear bombs, of radiation. It's not what they say. There is such thing as radiation. It's more like UV radiation and radiation from the sun and things like that. That's all real. But they push space, Fallout, and cyberpunk, which is just over futurism. Robots are a part of everything. AI. Everybody. Everything's taken over by AI. That's the only things you see in media nowadays because they're not original. And that's what they're pushing. They want you to believe in space. They want you to be scared of technology. And they want you to be scared of nuclear bombs. It's very plain and simple. We'll get into those other two topics later. We're just on space and in the moon mainly. All right, right now. And if you look at the lunar module itself, uh, it's called LIM, which is one of JFK's best buddies. Uh, alleged homo buddy. You know, just alleged. Um, it's not like a lot of the presidents have been, you know, like Abraham Lincoln hasn't been, have, haven't had evidence of being gay or anything. Whew, that'd be crazy. Um, no, but it was literally called Lim. The Lim, which is, you know, JFK's buddy, who's the one who fun started the funding for space and the moon project. Makes sense, you know, naming after his friend. But it just looks like a 1950s space alien craft, does it not? Does it not look literally exactly like the movies that were built up right before it happened? Magically, it, look, it looks like a fucking aluminum and paper and fucking a couple of here's things of fucking styrofoam and like it was on a movie set. Doesn't all look, does it all look now in your 2019 eyeballs where you know how movies work? You guys aren't stupid anymore. We aren't, we aren't easily tricked. Our, uh, our suspension is disbelief is a lot more. It takes a lot to get people nowadays to believe and, and pull themselves out of themselves and, uh, and, you know, believe in a movie or whatever to have that suspension. Go back and look at it with clear eyes and not nostalgia eyes and not lie eyes. Go back and look at it and then look at a 1950s spacecraft. It looks exactly the same because it is. Okay. All right, but you go back to why, why, why? I wanna, I'm gonna wrap it up here, okay? So why? To keep you busy while the Vietnam War is going on. To keep you busy while the Cold War is going on. To keep you busy while they destroy your minds with Woodstock and acid and do and do MK Ultra tests on the public and and you know, no, it's just a thought. And then fifty million dollars a day. Um. Uh, like I said before, uh, disprove God. Because all of that requires space. And space is, uh, it makes it a real hard case for God. If you believe in all, all of what NASA tells you, it's a really hard case for God because it's all random. It's all the Big Bang Theory and evolution. And uh, it's all just spinning randomness that goes in a path. And the only, only single center force that keeps it together is gravity. Something on Earth that we can't really test or at all. Um, it, it, 
I can go into those specific details. I've been talking for way too long. But just keep all those things in mind. I've been talking for a while. Just keep it in mind, okay? We didn't go to the moon. We didn't go to the moon. This has been Weirdo from the Weekly Weirdo Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Weekly Weirdo Podcast, at Weirdo John. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Anchor.fm slash weirdo. Thank you all, and have a good afternoon, night, day.